are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, I'm going to be talking about that Joaquin Soria trade and the D-backs trade deadline in general. Then we got part two with Jake Mastriani of Lockdown Brewers, where we discuss the Yankees deal. Uh, should baseball have a salary cap? So we discuss a whole bunch in part two with Jake. But first, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join me this weekend as I'll go live after the D-backs win. Spotify Green Room, download the app and get in on the action. Now, let's discuss the D-backs MLB trade deadline because this was a less eventful trade deadline than I expected for the D-backs. I expected a big fire sale and in total they did make four trades technically because you have to go back a couple weeks. You got to remember they started it off with that Steven Vogt trade, then a little Timmy LaCastro, then Escobar, and then Joaquim Soria today. So in total the D-backs made four moves but was it anything of impact? Was it anything we're even going to remember? Probably not. The Escobar deal, I talked about it on yesterday's pod and the day before that. I hate that deal for Escobar. You get back a AAA catcher who is 26 years old, who's never done anything on the major league level, not even one at bat. He has some upside when it comes to home run potential, has some upside when it comes to this play discipline and commanding the strike zone, getting on base, but still. How much potential does a 26-year-old catcher who's never been on the big leagues actually have? They also acquired an 18-year-old player in the Dominican League. Are we ever going to see him on the major league level? He's 18 years old. I'm going to have to wait five to seven years to find out that answer. So what did the D-backs do today? I thought we were going to see a flurry of moves. Joaquin Soria, I told you guys, he was one of the guys I expected to be moved uh, on the pod the other day where I did trade targets and I was making the case for a few D-backs players. I did four D-backs players who I thought was a real trade target for contenders. And Joaquin Soria was on my list. I made the case for him because he's a guy with closing experience, one of the most experienced closers that was going to be on the trade market maybe not the best a guy like Daniel Hudson or Ian Candy I would have rather had those guys in the back end of my bullpen but still Joaquin Soria pre-D-backs 2021 he was still a very good effective pitcher with a pretty low ERA so take his tenure out with the D-backs and he's still probably going to be I-, I guarantee you I mean we've seen what the Blue Jays have been able to do with rehabilitating former D-backs pitchers right now Robbie Ray is going to finish probably top five in American League Cy Young voting. I'm sure the D-backs would like to go back, redo Robbie Ray experience again, and never change his delivery because it seems like the Blue Jays went back to his original delivery, and now he's balling again. Now, we send Joaquin Soria over to the Blue Jays, and the Soria tenure, I mean, are we even going to remember it? He pitched 29 innings this year, appeared in 31 games, and part of that 
part of the reason is because he was kind of injured this year. He missed some time earlier in the season, wasn't with the team right away. And then the other reason why we didn't see a ton of Soria this year, the D-backs have the lowest save opportunity in all baseball. The D-backs, of course, the lowest win percentage in baseball, only have 32 wins on the season. Uh, You're not going to be in a lot of save opportunities if you have the worst record in baseball. And so one reason we didn't get a chance to see a lot of Soria is just because there wasn't a lot of use for Joaquin Soria. We did get to see him in some low leverage moments in the ninth inning, maybe down a run, maybe it's a tie game. But outside of that, it's not like Soria really had a chance to close games. He had six saves on the season. Uh, I wonder, I have to see how many opportunities he had, but only six saves on the season and 29 innings pitch. This guy was born to be a closer so he was just kind of being wasted on the d-backs and he's not even a guy I really trusted to close I mean it seemed like he gave up a hit every time he went out there he was better recently in his outings but still he, he liked to walk a tightrope as some would say he liked to walk a tightrope when he went out there maybe walk somebody maybe give up a hit it always seemed like he had a man on base I always put a man on base whenever he came into the game so I'm not going to really miss the Joaquin Soria experience. The D-backs were a good team. I would have been all in on Joaquin Soria, but I was down to trade him to see what we could have gotten back. And right now, I don't know what the return is. They're saying two players to be named later. Well, the deadline's over. It's currently 316 uh, PST. I forgot what time zone I was in for a second. PST at the time of this recording. So deadline's been over for a couple hours now, and I still don't know the players to be named later. So we'll see the actual return the D-backs get from Soria down the line and of course I'll be talking about that on the pod but right now I'm not feeling great about this deadline D-backs end up not doing really much like I said they made a total of four trades but you weren't going to get anything in return of substance for La Castro or for a Steven Vogt Eduardo Escobar, I expected a decent return back, at least the top 30 guy back from the Brewers farm system. Uh, I I tweeted that out. How did the D-backs not get back a top 30 guy if the Cubs could get back the 19th best prospect from the Red Sox per MLB trade deadline? And then I had some replies. Blue checkmark guy knows nothing. Look at the WRCS, the WRC plus. uh, Look at how the difference. I don't care about any of that. Just look at the raw numbers. They're not that much different. Yes, Escobar has played 20 more games than Kyle than Kyle Schwarber, but their offensive numbers are not that much different. I You can't tell me Schwarber is an infinite better upgrade over Eduardo Escobar as a player. I think they're in the same ballpark as a player. And plus, Eduardo Escobar can play multiple defensive positions in the infield. Escobar, I think, adjusts his value as a Kyle Schwarber. If you want to tell me Schwarber's a little better, sure, I'm not going to really argue with you, but I think it's marginal. I think they're in the same ballpark. I don't think it's out of proportion to think Escobar could net uh, a similar return to a Kyle Schwarber. So when I see Schwarber going for the 19th best prospect in the Red Sox organization, I'm saying I better, better at least get the 25th best prospect from the Brewers who have maybe a, a bottom five farm system in all of baseball, according to a lot of experts. So I was not happy with that. And there were still so many guys on this roster we could have traded. Merrill Kelly, I don't know how this man didn't get moved. The Cardinals are out there going for J.A. Happ and John Lester. They're not good pitchers anymore. Guess what? Merrill Kelly, despite being 32, it's only his third year in baseball. This man has been balling recently. He would have been two innings pitch behind Adam Wainwright for the team lead in innings pitch. This guy's an innings eater. 
That's what the Cardinals wanted. That's what a whole bunch of contenders wanted. I think they just missed out on Merrill Kelly. I'm actually mad he didn't get traded, not because I want him off the D-backs, but because I don't think enough people saw the value in Merrill Kelly. And I think this whole D-backs team, I know it's the worst in baseball, but I'm feeling like they're getting disrespected right now. And they've been getting disrespected all year. David Peralta is someone that should have been moved because he's still a valuable commodity. I mean, someone like Jake Marisnik has got moved to the Padres. So I'm upset. David Peralta, Merrill Kelly, you guys are valuable. I still like you guys. And you know what? I'm going to be rooting hard and in your corner for the rest of the season. Now, we'll get into that conversation. Part two with Jake Mastriani of Locked on Brewers. But did you know Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There's a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Bilt Bar is because it's healthy. I'm a health conscious guy. I'm going to attempt to go to the gym tonight, but I'm going to need a Bilt Bar to get me through because they're low calorie, low sugar, but they're hot, but they're high in protein and high in fiber. So it's great for that keto diet. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into that combo with Jake Mastriani of Lockdown Brewers. Yeah, Chris Bryant would be a major move. MLB.com right now, I think, is saying Mets and Cubs is talking about Chris Bryant. We'll see if that has any legs because it seems like the Mets are all in on the deadline now that they have a new owner. It doesn't seem like they're afraid at all to spend money. And that kind of brings me to my next question because in our Locked On MLB group chat right now on Twitter, there's a lot of discussion after this mega deal by the Dodgers that we need either a salary floor, a salary cap, both, whatever. We need new, you know, limits in the next CBA. And so I kind of want to give get your thoughts on that. Do you feel like we need a salary floor or a cap or both? I only say no for the fact that I get a headache trying to figure out the NBA salary cap and how all of that works. And it is, it is not easy. Like I I have, I still have no clue how it all goes down. So it would not be fun for me to try to have to figure all that out. But uh, I mean, it's not fair when the Dodgers and Yankees can do what they do, but then you look at a team like the, the Rays and they're over there with one of the smaller payrolls in baseball and just continue to win. So I mean, it can be done in baseball much easier than it can in other sports, but it's still, you know, it's tough on, on small market teams, you know, when you can't go over the luxury tax threshold and, and pay that penalty tax, you know? Yeah. I mean, for the betterment of the game, yes, there needs to be a salary cap for my sake and not having to figure it out. I kind of hope that there's not, but it probably would be for the, the betterment again of the game. If there was a, a ceiling and a floor um, because I don't, you probably know more about the NBA than I do, but I feel like almost every team hits their, their, you know, salary cap every year. Right. Yeah. There a lot of teams do hit their salary cap or get close, but there's also a salary floor in the NBA. So you have to have a minimum amount that you're spending, but still, I feel like it doesn't really matter in the end because the NFL has a hard cap. So there's a certain limit, uh, you know, a certain amount of money you can spend. It's hard cap. But still, you look at a team like the Saints, there are millions of dollars, you know, in debt every year. But somehow they pay 
whatever free agent they want because they do all these weird void deals and they have dead money and they somehow push yeah, it back. See, like I'm already getting a headache. I don't, yeah. I don't want to have to deal with all of that. Yeah. But. The NFL. And then you look at the NBA, it's a soft cap. So they got a whole bunch of different things. My overall point is at the end of the day, the big market teams get the guys we want. I told you at the start of the pod, the Lakers, LeBron AD, they just acquired Westbrook. The Nets, we saw yeah. them get three superstars. Like the big market teams, it don't matter if there's a soft cap, a hard cap, the right. big market teams are going to get the players they want to get because they know how to finagle the system. There's always a loophole to every salary cap. So at the end of the day, maybe a salary floor would be good just so your team has to go out there and spend at least a little bit of money. But still, that just means they could overpay for one year of some random free agent or something like that. Or, or come up with a hard cap. Like, mm-hmm. like you say, all these leagues have a cap. Even baseball, to a point, has a cap. Teams are just willing to pay the tax to go over it because they're willing to do that because they they make a lot of money and they play in big markets. So they're just going to pay it. So I don't know why none of the sports really just have a hard cap to say, Hey, you can't spend more than this. So, I mean, I'm sure that's in the, the, you know, collective bargaining your players probably don't want that either because that takes money out of their pockets, but mm-hmm. that's how, that's the only way you're really going to make it fair across the board. Yeah. And that's what the NFL is, you know, Uh, you know, allegedly is doing, they allegedly have a hard cap, but it just doesn't matter. They figured out void year somehow where a guy like Taysom Hill can get $150 million, but somehow it's all imaginary money and it doesn't count. Like it's all of it doesn't matter. Just the whole idea of a cap and spending money, the big market teams are going to spend more than the little market teams. Little market teams just have to figure a way around and they have to usually build through the draft and have homegrown talent, have a good development system. It's just different between, you know, those two, you know, between coastal cities and, you know, those landlocked states most of the time. And that doesn't mean you can't be good as a small market team. We just saw the Bucks win the NBA championship because they developed someone. He was homegrown and he wants to stay. If you build a good infrastructure, a good player, no matter where he is, will want to stay if you have a good support system around him. So I don't think the salary cap matters that much, uh, you know, in the end, because I think a team like the Dodgers, whether it's a hard cap, a soft cap, no cap, they're going to go out there and make the moves that they want to make regardless, because they're always going to find a loophole to do it. And that brings us kind of to our other team who's out here making moves on the other coast. And that is the Yankees who we knew they needed a left-handed bat. I don't think they needed a power bat. I actually wanted them to go out and get a guy like Starling Marte, who is, you know, a little quicker to add some athleticism to the top of the lineup, but Hey, just go out there and get you two more, you know, Aaron judge type players, but left-handed at bat versions of them and Anthony Rizzo and uh, Joey Gallo. And now you look at the Yankees. I mean, Hey, they don't have a lot of speed, but they have like what five guys that could get you 40 plus home runs. Like, how, how do you think this changes the Yankees' future? Are they all of a sudden back in the thick of things in the American League? Because it felt like they were, you know, treading water for a little bit there. Yeah, so before the Scherzer and Turner deal, the Yankees were by far the biggest uh, winners of the trade deadline, getting Gallo, who uh, arguably is one of the better bats, him and Turner on the, the trade market, and then going out and getting Rizzo as well. I mean, that is two huge pieces in the lineup. I mean, Heads up in right field out there because Gallo is going to be, I know he didn't put on a show at the all-star game home run derby, like we were hoping, but he is going to be cranking out home runs at that right field porch in Yankee stadium. So I think that was a great move for them, but the division's out of reach for the Yankees. They're, they're doing all this in hopes for a wild card spot. Now, of course, Gallo has control for next year as well. So, you know, they get a little bit of control out of him, but they're doing this to try to just get to a wild card game. Cause I think they're still like nine or 10 games behind the Red Sox in their 
own division, but still, I mean, they went out and, and did it, made a couple of big moves. So, you know, I guess props to them, but they're just like the Dodgers. They're over the luxury tax too. So, uh, well, and what's crazy in these moves is they're getting the other teams to pay these players salaries so that they can acquire them because they don't want to continue to go over the luxury tax. So, you know, the Rangers, I, I guess they're a small market team. They're paying Joey Gallo and the pitcher that they got's contract this year in order to help the Yankees out. Now they get better prospects for doing that. Um, but same thing with the Cubs playing the rest of Rizzo's contract in order to get better prospects back. So it's, you are seeing that affect the Yankees a little bit, but just like your point earlier, the big market teams are going to get the players that they want because they're going to find ways to get that done. If they have to give up better prospects in order to get the other team to pay the money, then they're going to do that. So, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy, but look at these names we're talking about that are moving at a trade deadline. I mean, Gallo, Rizzo, Scherzer, Turner. It's, it's, it is insane. Jake and I will wrap up the pod discussing some Yankees trade talk, but you got to go to Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to their website or use their mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code locked on. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. And there are guys who we haven't even mentioned, like a Cesar Hernandez who's having a pretty good season for the Indians, a Diego Castillo. We mentioned a Starling Marte. Like, it's a deep list of guys who are being moved this year. And that's probably the biggest thing I want to change we just mentioned. The idea of if I'm trading my star player making $30 million, I don't want to have to keep paying the guy. And even if my team wants to keep paying him, I don't want that to be allowed. I don't think a team like the Yankees should be able to acquire two mega all-stars and not being able and not a, they don't have to, you know, pay off those contracts. I think that's just silly. It's one thing to not have a salary cap or anything like that. It's another thing to not have a salary cap and say the big, you know, spending teams don't actually have to spend money on the superstars that they have on their roster. The idea of that is just, insane to me and I guess the Yankees are giving up some pretty high level prospects in their organization but like the Brewers they're not really that considered that great of a farm system in baseball anyway so to get back a, a Rizzo who has you know he's not having a tremendous season but he's still only 31 years old so he's not like super old and he still has a ton of upside and potential Joey Gallo I mean He's way better defensively than I even realized. I mean, gold, gold, gold Glover in 2020, and I saw him throw out two dudes in the D-back series in just one game. He was gunning out dudes. He's been gunning out dudes the past couple of weeks. I think he has like six or seven outfield assists just throwing out dudes, trying to, you know, turn seconds, uh, turn doubles into triples or trying to go from first to third. So he's got a power arm out there. He leads the American League and walks too. So getting a guy like Gallo and Rizzo is going to be huge. And like you were saying in the MLB standings, 
This is probably just for a wild card spot for the Yankees. They're nine games back of the Red Sox, who are only two games up on the Rays. So the Rays are still in the thick of things, despite them not having a lot of big name, you know, names probably on that roster that a lot of people could point to outside like a Randy Arozarena or Brandon Lowe, something like that. So, man, crazy trade deadline. I mean, what are what moves are you still expecting? Are, are there still any names on the market that you're still watching out for? I mean, I, I think we're still probably going to see a couple big name moves or are there any teams or players that you're still looking out for like what what are you still watching as we you know wrap up here the trade deadline with less than 24 hours left yeah i think the twins are an interesting team to keep an eye on because they have some pretty solid players that could be dealt i know josh donaldson's kind of been rumored as somebody that they can move max kepler we already talked about burrio so i think they're a team to keep an eye on that still have some pretty big trade chips out there that that could be moved uh, we mentioned Chris Bryan. I think he's somebody that's very likely to get moved. Craig Kimbrell hasn't been moved yet. I mean, I think it's, again, very likely that he gets dealt. So there's still some really big names out there, you know, even with all the ones we've already seen. So those are the biggest ones that come to mind. But uh, maybe we'll get a, a surprise, you know, player that nobody's really been thinking of that, that gets moved at the deadline. And, and the way things are going wouldn't surprise me at all. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the rest of this deadline shakes out. And again, only got a couple hours left to to get it done. So can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, and I expected the Nationals to be selling off some players, but I didn't expect them to be trading their franchise star and Trey Turner. Like that honestly blew my mind when I saw Trey Turner come across the ticker. They already traded a Brad hand today too to the blue Jays. And I think the twins is a pretty good call. Josh Donaldson has been floating around in some rumors right now on the season. He's back 250, 840 OPS, 16 home runs. So he's having a pretty solid season. The, Met, the, the team I'm probably watching the most is the New York Mets because that offense just seems like it's never really taken off at any point this year. So if they can go out and add a Chris Bryant to that lineup, I mean, that's going to be major. I think they probably want to add some more pitching because their rotation is just battered. I mean, DeGrom, Peterson, Lacazy, Carrasco, Syndergaard, they're all out right now. And those are all really five good pitchers that any rotation would like to have. So I, I'm watching the Mets. It seems like they are willing to spend money. It doesn't seem like they're afraid to do that finally now that they have a good owner. So maybe they are the team to go out for Jose Barrios uh, on this deadline. And another team I think we should watch out for is the Red Sox because They've been kind of quiet. They've been linked to a lot of these guys, like a Jose, like a Scherzer, but they haven't pulled the trigger yet. And I'm not really sure why. They're in first place. They still seem like they need some pitching after Evaldi. It doesn't seem like they have a strong rotation. So I think that's probably going to be the team I watch out for the most. But Jake, I mean, the NBA draft is on. I mean, I know this MLB trade deadline is going crazy, but are you going to be watching that at all? Yeah, I watched a little bit. I just saw who the... Um, the Hawks drafted because they're my team. So they got Jalen Johnson. So uh, I'll probably watch a little bit of that, but I'm not huge into the draft, especially after the first, you know, 10 picks or so. There's not really a lot of guys that I know, but yeah, it's going to be a interesting day of sports. Yeah, and don't forget to check out that Locked On MLB trade deadline show. I mean, by the time this podcast is, I think we've already been talking for like 30 minutes. So this already might be 
out after the trade deadline show. So maybe this is bad promotion right here. Hoping the someone comes, picks up a Merrill Kelly, maybe a Joaquin Soria from the D-backs, a Drupal Cabrera. But after that Escobar return, I mean, it seems like the D-backs are going to get really nothing of value no matter who they trade this season uh, because that, that Escobar return really just shot me in the heart, to be honest. I, I really expected at least a, a fringe top 30 guy in it. We're getting back a 26-year-old backup catcher. We have enough catchers already on the <laughs> roster. We got Varsho, Carson Kelly. We don't have spot for another catcher so we'll see what cooper hummel i mean do you have any info that you could tell me about a cooper hummel of i know you said maybe a super utility player a 4a kind of guy but come on give me something do you do you think he has any sort of offensive upside it seems like people like his uh got some power to him at least and he gets on base a lot that those have to be positives right yeah i think the best thing i heard about him is that his walk percentage is like 26 or something so that's that's really good i mean if if he keeps that up and the power comes, I mean, that's what Joey Gallo is right now. I mean, so uh, I don't think he has the gold glove defense of Joey Gallo, but uh, I mean, perhaps there's a, a little bit of upside there, but yeah, probably, probably not. You gotta, you gotta be hoping that 18 year old turns into to something. It's all right. I'm going to snip that out. Cooper Hummel is the next Joey Gallo. You heard it first from Jake uh, Mastriani of lockdown brewers, Jake, thanks for hopping on today. Thanks for doing this crossover. Man, uh, I mean, I'm not going to be going to sleep tonight. My phone's going to be right next to me. I got all the notifications on from Jeff Pass and Woj. I mean, the, every league right now seems to be making moves. I mean, the NFL's got some moves going on, too, with Rodgers, and there's a whole bunch of situations, guys asking for trades. So e- even in hockey right now, I mean, sports just in general right now are going, are going crazy, the four major American sports. So, Jake, thanks for hopping on today. Real quick, always got to do this. Where can the people find you if they don't already know? Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Millard. Uh, you can find me, obviously, on the Lockdown Brewers podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shortstop Ball. I'll also cover the Atlanta Braves over at TomahawkTake.com, part of Fansided Network. Dope. Jake, thanks for hopping on, and we'll talk to you later, buddy. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Come back next week where I am hoping to have on at least one to two lockdown hosts a week discussing the trade deadline, their new acquisitions, how it's going. So I'm trying to do a whole big thing that could maybe have podcasts planned out for the next month. So we'll see how it goes. But go back this week, catch up on any podcasts you might have missed from this past week. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces.